Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is Friday, August the 21st, and we are here to break down today's MLB action. Greg, how you doing, brother? Pretty good. We got a busy day. Pretty interesting slate, too. I like this one. We got a lot of games, and there's no real chalk. Like, there's no one offense that really stands out. There's no one real pitch that really stands out. So it's slate kind of play the guys you like, and you don't really have to worry about ownership too too much for this slate. The, the one issue is going to be with pitching. It's pretty hard to find guys that you like. Yeah, a 12-game uh, main slate here tonight starting at 7.05. There are two earlier games, but they are not a part of the main slate. Those two early games uh, is uh, the Marlins and the Nats and the Blue Jays and the Rays. But we got a 12-game slate. It was supposed to be 13, but how we know what's going on with the Mets there. So no Mets-Yankees game uh, tonight. Of course, let you know we are sponsored by Yahoo. We'll tell you a little bit about Yahoo Daily Fantasy here as we go on here with the MLB strategy shows. We uh, take you up here for the next hour or so to break down this, uh, this slate of games. And, uh, you know, Brewers and, and Pirates are the first slate of the day. You got Adrian Hauser going for the Brewers. And on, on the other side, we got Chad Cole going for the Pirates. I know uh, doing the early bird podcast last night with Adam, you know, this was a game where, uh, you know, more times than not, we're really not going to talk about the Pirates' bats. It's just kind of the kind of the way it works here. But uh, let's let's start off by talking about the pitching matchup here. Yeah, so I mean, Chad Cool, Adrian Hauser. Uh, Hauser's kind of pitched decently this year. The one thing I have as an issue with him overall is that he doesn't really work all that deep into games, and he doesn't strike out all that many hitters. So even though he has a favorable matchup and the price tag isn't all that exorbitant, it's it's hard for me to imagine that he has all that much upside. And like you said on the other side too, it's hard to have all that much interest in the Pirates' bats. So I think that there's enough games on the slate, not really looking to stack the Pirates, not really looking to roster Hauser either. Uh, from the Brewer side of the game, Chad Cool has always been a guy who struggles against left-handed bats. So if we get some decent lefty bats in the Brewers lineup, and they are a little bit more of a right-handed lineup, but I think like Christian Yelich is a fine payup option. Uh, Justin Swoke actually homered yesterday. He's 3,300 on draftings. He's worth rostering. And then at the bottom of the lineup, we kind of have some softer hitting lefties for the Brewers who are okay to plug into lineups. The Brewers do a 4.61 implied run total, which is one of the higher marks on the slate. So the Brewers, I think, are a viable stack, but not necessarily a priority. Yeah, Justin Smoke is actually one of the bats that uh, Adam had mentioned. I mean, obviously, everyone's going to talk about Christian Yelich, but, you know, that, that was the one bat he said, you know, kind of expecting probably, you know, in the four-hole 
uh, tonight in this game that that was one he he, watched, he was looking out for. Um, you know, on the pirate side with their bats, is there a favorite pirate bat besides Josh Bell? I mean, I don't even like Josh Bell all that much because he's regressed a pretty decent amount from last year. I was kind of interested to see what would happen with Bell because, you know, he was a guy who was a top prospect once upon a time and struggled to start his career, then kind of had a big breakout season last year. But then you kind of wonder when somebody has a big year like that, is it is it something that's going to be sustainable long term? Is it something that's going to uh, regress? It's always hard to know what the long term outlook of that player is. And then it's still maybe a little bit up in the air just because this is kind of a weird season. So last year, 27-year-old season, a 135 WRC plus for Josh Bell. Looked like he was on the up and up. And now this year, a 46 WRC plus. Uh, actually, negative .04 wins above replacement. He might be one of the least valuable players in baseball based on wins above replacement. So for right now with Josh Bell, not somebody I'm targeting. And then also, it's just it's just a bad lineup to be hitting in the middle of. He doesn't have a lot of run scoring opportunities, not a lot of RBI chances just because of how poor the quality of hitters are around him. Yeah, when you look at the uh, the prices uh, from the pitching aspect, Hauser eighty four hundred on DK, seventy four hundred on FanDuel. He's a one point nine multiplier on SuperDraft and forty dollars over at Yahoo. So kind of a you know obviously you're not in mid tier you know type range with here. Uh, and then looking on the other side, Chad Cole sixty nine hundred DK, sixty six hundred on FanDuel, a one point nine five times multiplier on SuperDraft and uh, $36 on, on Yahoo. Is there, just in terms of the pitching matchups, I know you're not necessarily looking at this pitching matchup, but is there one platform that intrigues you with either one of these pitchers? No, not really. Like if we knew that Adrian Hauser was going to be allowed to throw 100 pitches or something like that, then I'd say like, hey, maybe there's something to rostering him going up against a weak hitting Pirates lineup. But look at the pitches for Adrian Hauser per start, 68, 87, 77, 86. And like I said, the strikeouts aren't really there. He is 18 strikeouts in 22 innings this year. So th- to me, if he was cheaper, but w- that's not even the case, like 8,400 on DraftKings, like you mentioned, not all that cheap on, on FanDuel or Yahoo either. And then also on, on FanDuel, we only have to roster one pitcher, which makes it hard to prioritize Hauser as is. So I'm fine with not targeting any of these guys. Uh, next up, we got the Tigers and the Indians. Michael Fulmer going for the Tigers and Adam Plutko going for the Indians in this one. Uh, once again, another matchup where you're not having to pay up for pitching. So uh, you could, you know, if, if you wanted to kind of roster, especially on, let's say, DraftKings on the SB2 spot, maybe is Adam someone you're looking at? So with Adam Pluko, I kind of did target him a little bit. His last outing, it did not go well at all. And if I remember correctly, that was also against the Tigers. It was. He he scored negative 1.6 DK points, only threw 47 pitches. The This is another pitcher in Pluko who the length that he's being allowed to work in his starts, pretty big issue. Uh, 86 pitches in his first start, 78 in his second, 47 in his third. So I don't think it's going to keep reducing to the time where he's throwing zero pitches by the time, unless he gets uh, loses his spot in the rotation, which – Somewhat likely. That's a possibility. That's the one way he'd go down to zero pitches per start. Uh, but it, he's just not working deep enough into games for me to really consider him. Also made a stint in the bullpen this year, moved from the uh, starting uh, rotation to relief and only threw one inning in relief, eight pitches. So just because of the way that he's gone back and forth between the rotation and the bullpen, I'm a little concerned about how stretched out he is, how deep he's going to be allowed to work into games. I understand it's a favorable matchup against the Tigers. But Pluko, not really a guy that I'm really targeting. Another uh, not great pitcher, low strikeout upside. Only a strikeout eight hitters all season. So if I had to roster one side of this game, I actually go with the value on the Tiger side over Pluko. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, obviously, the Indians are always a stack that I'm personally looking at, especially that infield stack. I mean, one of the questions we got last night on Live Before Lock is, hey, is Carlos Santana going to go off at any point? Uh, you know, obviously, you know, you know, he's got the ability to hit the home runs. Uh, but to, in terms of some of these Indians bats, are, are they a stack that you're looking at? Yeah, so here's the thing. I've actually been on the Indians a lot more probably than I should have this year because they've been – pretty much a dumpster fire. Like they're a team, you look at the hitters in the offense and you go like, Hey, this should be a good offense, especially against left-handed pitching, which isn't the case today against Michael Fulmer, but still they have some individual hitters that hit lefties really well historically. And just hasn't been the case so far this year. Like Jordan Luplo, one example of a guy who has like, like an 050 batting out or something like that. He's one for 20 or something to start the season, which you'd expect to get better, but so far just hasn't been the case. Going up against Michael Fulmer today, the issue with Fulmer coming off of, of surgery, not stretched out at all. Look at his pitches per outing, 47, 57, 58. So he's not going to go more than a couple innings in this game. It's going to be a bullpen game. That does make it a little tricky for stacking the Indians just because there's that chance that they end up pinch hitting for guys as the game goes along. Like if the Tigers are bringing a lefty at some point after Fulmer, then you could see, you know, like Jordan Luplo come into pinch hit, which – uh, not to get too sidetracked here, that killed my giant stacks last night. I stacked the Giants, and they were looking great in the early going. And then Darren Ruff comes up with the bases loaded, one out in the second inning, and the Giants make a pitching change. Uh, the, uh, uh, the, the Angels made a pitching change, and then Darren Ruff got pinch hit for the bases loaded in the second inning. It's like, oh, uh, great. Now my stack has you know, seven runs in the second inning, and, and one of the players isn't in the lineup anymore. So that is something I'm a little wary of with some of these opener situations is – it is a good spot for the Indians offense, but if you if you roster some of those cheap hitters at the bottom of the order, there's a little bit of a risk of them getting pinch hit for. So the Tigers, uh, I'm not the Tigers, the Indians, I'm all over the place right now, a little, little scatterbrain, but uh, <laughs> Indians, uh, 5.52 implied run total, one of the highest on the slate. We don't have to be too concerned about ownership, like I said before, because there is no one offense that's projected to garner all that much ownership right now. A uh, 7% projected ownership for the Indians offense right now. That's perfectly reasonable. They're definitely one of the teams that I want to target, but I'm going to be a little bit more focused on Cesar Hernandez, Jose Ramirez, Francisco Lindor, than some of the guys at the bottom of the order. Yeah, see uh, Terry's uh, home run article today up at Osmo.com. You can check it out right now. For the Cleveland Indians, his top uh, home run bat, Carlos Santana. I like it. He's uh, got him a- Got him at 10.29 and, and Cavalario for the Tigers at 9.06. So uh, those are our two uh, two home run calls that he, he's looking at uh, in terms of that game. Uh, but, uh, you know, in terms of some uh, value bats, maybe on the Tiger side, is there anything that sticks out to you? Uh, yeah, I think a lot of these guys actually, cause they're all so cheap that you can make a pretty reasonable Tiger stack and then pay up for pitching. The, the one issue with that is, there isn't really a lot of pitching to pay up for on this slate. So like the other day, I actually liked the Tigers a decent amount going up against Dane Dunning, but it was because on that slate we had uh, Jacob DeGrom and Garrett Cole were both on that slate. So for value, I think they do make some sense. Just the issue being is like, where are you paying up? Like Walker Bueller's okay today, but there is no, there's no like surefire ace on this slate where it's like, Hey, I rushed to this guy. I'm getting 20 plus DK points and I'm confident in it. There is no pitcher like that today. So that kind of makes the Tigers a much lower priority. Uh, if I had to single out some individual hitters, uh, Jacoby Jones has moved up in the order. He's only 3,000 on DraftKings. He was a guy who was hitting the ball really well, but was batting ninth earlier in the season. So that kind of made him harder to roster. But now with the change in, ro- in a lineup spot where he's batting leadoff sometimes, he's batting second, that just adds, it adds an extra bat to him some games. It also gives him more opportunities for run scoring chances when he gets on base. So Jacoby Jones at 3,000 is the one guy that stands out the most to me. 
Uh, and then a little bit more down the lineup, Christian Stewart, Victor Reyes, those guys are okay value plays, but nothing that I'm really prioritizing. Of course, uh, today's show is sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports, the most trusted name in fantasy sports. Yahoo DFS now includes CSV Upload and CSV Edit features for us looking to play those multiple lineups. So you got to check out our presenting sponsor here, Yahoo. Make better choices. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy. When we look at those Yahoo salaries, the top pitcher for Yahoo is the guy we're going to talk about next, and that's Aaron Noah. $54 on Yahoo on the other side, Max. Uh, he is coming in at $34, or excuse me, $44, so two of the most uh, highest price on Yahoo. In terms of Yahoo and, and these top pitchers, is Aaron Noah kind of a guy that, uh, you know, you mentioned about the pitching matchups today. Is he someone that you're willing to pay up for? Yeah, I, I actually am. One thing that's pretty interesting is if, you just kind of look at the way it's a pricing algorithm to me that I think is different about Yahoo versus like DraftKings is Yahoo's very much more based on recent performance. It's like Aaron Noah's off to a great start this year. Therefore, he's really priced up. Whereas DraftKings doesn't have Noah as the most expensive pitcher just because he's in a tough matchup in Atlanta on the road. So if you look at Yahoo, there's going to be more for me, at least to focus on which pitchers are in good matchups. And then on DraftKings, we could maybe take a little bit more into play, like how guys are pitching recently and how that might impact them going up against the matchup. Because that's that's not taken into account quite as much on Yahoo. That's why we see Aaron Noah so much more expensive relative to the field on Yahoo than he is on other sites. Yeah, I mean, and obviously it's we're always talking about comparing you know, and contrasting the various platforms. You know, you, you mentioned about Nolan, 9,900 on DK, 10,700 on DraftKings, or excuse me, on FanDuel, the most expensive pitcher on FanDuel. By the way, uh, Walker is the most expensive pitcher on DraftKings today and a 1.5 times multiplier on SuperDraft for Noah Max on the other side. Uh, he is at 8,900 on DK, 9,400 on FanDuel and a 1.45 times multiplier on SuperDraft. Uh, I know uh, just doing the, the early bird show last night, Adam, he liked both these pitchers, uh, you know, in this spot. But in terms of the bats, you know, let's, I guess particularly let's look at the, the Atlanta bats, uh, you know, going up against, you know, Aaron here, who's obviously is his last three starts, unbelievable, you know, 30 strikeouts in his last 21 innings. So obviously that is going to be a, a stat that a lot of people are going to look at of that recency bias. Yeah, so as far as the offenses go, both these pitchers are pitching really well. Probably the two best pitchers on the slate in terms of how well they've pitched so far this season. So I think there's better offenses to target. I don't really have any interest in, in the offenses. If I had to pick one individual bat, um, on the Atlanta Braves, Travis Darno has been ridiculously cheap lately. Like, to the point where it doesn't make any sense because he's hitting well this year. And he was like 4,500 or more on almost every single slate this year. And then all of a sudden, three slates ago, they're like, Nah, Travis Darno like 2,500 now. And I, I don't know why that happened, but they kind of just flipped his price in the algorithm, and that's been the case going forward. So even though it's a tough matchup, it's kind of hard to get production out of catchers in general anyway. So looking at him at 2,900 on DraftKings where we have to roster catcher, which obviously isn't the case on FanDuel, I think that he makes some sense as a, a value play, especially because he's hitting the middle of that order. Do you want to uh, pay up for Br Bryce Harper? Uh, it's no, it's, it's tough because he's hitting, he's hitting really well this year and he does have, you know, the, the power upside. So as a one-off, maybe he isn't, you know, a terrible choice, but there's just individual guys that I like more than him. And also he, he's really expensive across the industry. So for me, I think there's other guys that for the other thing also is a lefty lefty matchup for him going up against Max Freed. 
And Freed's been solid this year. I think that him and Noah are both quality options on the slate. We look at Freed this year, 1.24 ERA, 2.38 FIP. Uh, strikeout rate's pretty solid. He hasn't given up a home run yet, and that's going to happen eventually because he's a guy who had a 20-plus home run to fly ball, 20-plus percent home run to fly ball rate each of the last three seasons. Uh, but still, for the year, he's limiting hard contact, and he's just been really solid. So I think that he's a safe play. I'm not sure what his upside is relative to – to, relative to guys like Nola or Walker Bueller. So Freed's going to be in the player pool, uh, not going to be my highest own pitcher, but he's he's viable. Then we got the Red Sox and Orioles. So the, the Red Sox going with the op- opener and Colton Brewer and uh, Baltimore going with John Means. Yeah, so Means is somebody who I think is not terrible as a pitcher. I think he's definitely better than what the public tends to think of him. The issue with Means is that he just isn't pitching deep into games at all this year. Look at his his three starts, 51 pitches, 72 pitches, 34 pitches. So if I knew that Means was going to pitch, you know, like 80 or more pitches, then I think he'd be okay, especially at 5,400, because the Red Sox just don't have a very good offense this year. But I, I don't trust that to be the case, so therefore I can't roster Means. Uh, mild interest in the Red Sox, who, what's their implied run total? Uh, 5.15, so one of the handful of teams with an implied run total over five. The Orioles side of the game, Baltimore does not have a bad offense this year. Anthony Santander, in particular, has been ridiculous this season. Like, out of nowhere, all of a sudden, Anthony Santander, it's like, who would you rather have, Mike Trout or Anthony Santander? It's, it, it's Mike Trout. But all of a sudden, Anthony Santander, nine home runs this year among the league leaders. At 4,600, like, that seems expensive for a guy like Santander. But based on how well he's hit, like he, you can make a case that he should be $1,000 more expensive on DraftKings. So I think that he's a viable option. I like the Orioles as a stack because they're not all that expensive. We've got Chance Cisco leading off. It's hard to find catchers in good spots. Uh, he's 4,100. A Ruiz, 3,900 batting cleanup. And then, like I said, Santander, who's been really solid, 4,600, isn't even the most expensive hitter in the lineup, which is ridiculous to me. So the Orioles, who have an implied run total just under five, they're one of my favorite stacks on the slate relative to the price. And I still think there's a little bit of bias against the Orioles where people just say like, hey, I don't want to roster Baltimore. They stink, which is why their projected ownership right now, only 2%. And given their implied run total, this being a pretty good spot because the Red Sox just don't have a good bullpen and this is going to be a bullpen game for them. And almost every game is a bullpen game for the Red Sox. So they're always stretched in. They have, I think literally, I went to the Red Sox uh, team page the other day, the depth chart. I think they have three starting pitchers listed on the website. Like they're, they're starting pitching rotation. They've got three guys listed there. So they're going with bullpen games more often than not. And you just pair that with them not having a good bullpen. It's a tough situation for them to be able to get outs. I like the Orioles, uh, especially for the ownership. I think they're a good team to target. Yeah, last night during the live before lock, Alex asked me for a value pitcher. And I'm, I'm like, look at my list here. And I go, all right, give me a volley. And uh, and then, you know, a couple of people in the chat were kind of crushed me. And then he went out there last night and, and had a great, great performance. Yeah, seven innings pitch. It was a nine strikeouts. I know when I, I looked at, during the game, he had 40, uh, 40 fan duel points. So, yeah, I was uh, lucky to get that call right. It doesn't all, you know, you don't get it. No, and – and, and he had almost no ownership, so that was definitely, in hindsight, a, a really strong call. I, I think the two cheap pitchers that I had some exposure to last night were uh, Yavaldi and then actually Kikuchi, just because there was going to be a decent amount of ownership on the Dodgers. And Kikuchi's velocity is way up so far this year, so that kind of makes me interested in him, because last year he was like historically terrible in terms of the amount of home runs he gave up. But with the velocity going up, I think there's a chance that he could be a decent pitcher this year. Yeah, Kershaw with the, what was it, 11 strikeouts last night? A lot of them. I say. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, he, yeah. Yeah, it was something like that. Him and him and Shane Bieber both destroyed last night. Oh, yeah. I remember because we were having that conversation at a show of like, you know, what do you do with pitching? Do you just, you, do you take Shane Bieber and just say, and I remember I, I think I looked at it, it was like, I think he had like nine strikeouts, like four innings or something. It, it was something insane. But yeah, you had to have him last night uh, if you were going to cash uh, in, in your lineups. Uh, you know, moving on, we'll move. Uh, actually, one thing I'll mention uh, on means is expected 50 pitches. Yeah, and it might not even be that much because he went 34 yeah. last time. So that's that's just what makes him tough to roster is that he's he's not going to work deep into games. On a slate this big, there's just going to be other pitchers with more upside. Then we got the uh, Twins and the Royals. Jake Odorizzi going for the Twins. Danny Duffy going for the Royals. Uh, Jake Odorizzi, uh, severe, um, you know, pricing is much different on, on the various platforms. I don't know if you, you noticed this one, especially between when we're talking uh, DraftKings and FanDuel. On DraftKings, he's nine thousand. Fanduel, he's sixty five hundred. Yeah, pr- pretty good indication you don't want to roster on DraftKings. Uh, even on Fanduel, it's an easy matchup against the Royals. I'm not in on Oda Rizzi. He uh, is coming off off-season surgery. Got a late start to the year. First two outings, seventy one pitches, seventy nine pitches. Didn't look good really in either of them. He scored fifteen DK points last time out, but. Uh, I, it wasn't really all that impressive. He's somebody who has been good in the past, but I kind of want to wait and see uh, to see kind of when it, when does he get stretched out? What does his stuff look like going forward? Uh, so far this year, he struck out eight hitters in seven innings, which isn't bad, uh, but still, I, I just want to see more out of him and see him work deep into games before I'm willing to invest money into him. So Oda Rizzi, not really any interest in me, even at the depressed price on FanDuel. But then the Royals offense, also not good enough to where I want to target them. So just kind of spot that I'm not on either of them. Uh, in terms of some of the, the best bats that you like in this matchup, uh, I guess, A, do you like a stack on either side? Or is it a hitter here that maybe you're looking to kind of sprinkle in to, to team up with uh, stacks from different games? Yeah, so it, it's pretty interesting because – in theory, the Twins should have one of the best offenses in baseball against left-handed pitching. Uh, it hasn't been the case for a couple of reasons. Number one, we've got a bunch of injuries. Like Byron Buxton's on the injured list right now. Uh, Mitch Garver's on the injured list. Uh, Josh Donaldson's on the injured list. And then they just had a bunch of guys that have underperformed. But I still think long-term, this is going to be an offense that really crushes left-handed pitching. But on the other side, Danny Duffy's been not great, but solid this year. And for DFS, he's been a decent option because he's striking out 10.36 hitters per nine innings. I don't expect that to hold up, but if you're looking for a cheap SP2 on DraftKings, Danny Duffy at 6,700 makes some sense just because of that strikeout upside. Uh, I'm sure the number, the strikeouts are going to regress a little bit, but still, if you look at his numbers for the year, the strikeouts are there. The swinging strike rate is up, so there is reason to think that the strikeouts should be coming to him, not necessarily at the rate of over 10 per nine innings, but the price is right. He has already pitched well against the Twins once this year. Uh, it's a spot where I kind of want to get exposure to both sides. I think Danny Duffy's a guy worth getting some exposure to. And the Twins with an implied run total right around five runs are worth stacking. Uh, Marwin Gonzalez has been hitting up in the lineup now that Josh Donaldson's out. He's 3,700. That's viable. Uh, Nelson Cruz, who seems to get better with age. Like, literally every year, Nelson Cruz just keeps getting better. <laughs> like, he he popped positive for, for PEDs like eight years ago now. And you just figured at that point in time, like, all right, Nelson Cruz, good power numbers, but tested positive for steroids. He's going to be on the decline now. And then just keeps getting better. Like he's 39 years old and having every year is the best season of his career. By the time he's 60, he's going to break Barry Bonds home run record. That, that's the rate he's going anyway. So 5,700 frame on DraftKings against Danny Duffy. 
Uh, he's a guy worth paying up for. Like you mentioned Bryce Harper before. If I had to pick an expensive bat that I think is likely to homer tonight, like I would go with somebody with Nelson Cruz before I go with Bryce Harper as a one-off. So I think some of those power hitting righties in the twins lineup makes sense. I wouldn't rush them with Danny Duffy, obviously, but I think that there's sense in rostering each of those sides in, in different lineups. Yeah, you look at Danny Duffy's pricing, pretty pretty similar in terms of DK and, and, and FanDuel, 6700 on DK, 7200 on FanDuel. So, you know, while Odorizzi is a more expensive pitcher on DK, it's vice versa when we're talking FanDuel. And uh, mentioning Yahoo, sponsor show also, he's $31 on Yahoo. So I think that as an SP2, he makes some sense on Yahoo as well. Uh, since we only need to roster one pitcher on FanDuel, I don't really think there's a need to roster yeah. Duffy. Yeah, he he definitely would not be a FanDuel option that no. <laughs> uh, that I'm going to be looking at. Uh, then we got the Reds and the Cardinals. Dakota Hudson uh, going for the Cardinals in this one. 8300 on DK, 6700 on FanDuel, uh, $29 on Yahoo. Yeah, so here's the deal with Daniel Hudson. He's not terrible, but he's a very not friendly uh, fantasy baseball game because he doesn't get strikeouts. So Hudson, as his numbers low, Fangraphs being super slow on my computer today. He, all right, I'm just going to go off the top of my head because the page isn't loading. He he has about six and a half strikeouts per nine innings, if I remember correctly. And then if we look at his uh, fantasy production, averaging 8.1 DK points per start, the pitch count hasn't been up either. He's only been allowed to throw 61 and 55 pitches in his first two outings of the year, uh, seven strikeouts in eight innings. And just overall over the course of his career, Dakota Hudson has not really been a super high strikeout guy. Not somebody I think we need a target for uh, DFS. As for the red side of the game, I think that they're being a little bit underrated by the books because only a 4.34 implied run total. Uh, This is a team that I think has a decent offense, especially some of those lefty power bats. Uh, Jesse Winker, Joey Votto, Mike Moustakis. Uh, Akiyama is cheap across the industry. He was a guy who was batting leadoff and now has been bumped down in the order a little bit. But he's still somebody who I think the price is right on. I'd be fine with throwing him into stacks. Uh, Same goes with Josh Van Meter, who has second base and outfield eligibility on DraftKings. Mm -hmm. He's a cheap price. I think that a lot of those lefties in the Reds lineup make sense. Uh, In in terms of uh, some of those Cardinal bats, what what, uh, interests you? Yeah, it's pretty interesting because Anthony Desclafani was terrific in his first couple outings of the season. And then his numbers are really skewed because he got absolutely destroyed in that one outing against the Pirates where he was like 45 or 50 percent on that one that one start and that was his last outing so it's a little tough to know what we're going to get from him but if you look at his first couple starts of the year he allowed zero total earned runs and then his last start against the Pirates he went two innings gave up nine runs three uh three homers in that start so I think there's a lot of variance to Anthony Desclafini I don't mind him as a DFS option I don't mind targeting against him either because I don't know are we getting the Desclafani from his first couple starts of the year or are we getting Descafani who gave up a million runs against the Pirates? And the Pirates, like we mentioned earlier, not a good offense. So the, the Cardinals have a much better offense than the Pirates. Descafani seems like a guy in the early going. He's just going to be really high variance. So I don't mind him as a low-priority SP2 option on DraftKings. But then I also think that the Cardinals warrant a slight amount of exposure, too. Then we got the, the Cubs and the White Sox going there in Chicago. Dallas Keuchel going for the White Sox. John Lester going for the Cubbies. Uh, do, do you want to pay up for John Lester at 9500 on DK? Absolutely not. So, so <laughs> Does anyone? John, John Lester is somebody who 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I know people have made fun of me for this in chat earlier. And I think like all DFS touts, people kind of make fun of with John Lester. Is everybody says like, hey, you guys have been predicting the John Lester regression for three years now. And it's true. Everybody, everybody's been saying that John Lester's going to regress, and it just never really happened. And it's been the case again so far this year. Two point seven four ERA, really poor underlying numbers. Four point four three FIP, five point three nine xFIP. He's not generating strikeouts at all this year, which is a huge red flag. His his velocity is down to the lowest levels of his career. He's really struggling to hit ninety miles per hour. He's only striking out. Uh, yeah, it's five point four eight hitters per nine innings. The only thing that's keeping him alive is that just ridiculous luck numbers, a 188 bat of 84.3% strand rate. None of this is sustainable. He's going to get hit hard at some point. The White Sox have a lot of really potent bats against left-handed pitching. Uh, we've got Tim Anderson, Eloy Jimenez, Edwin Encarnacion, who really struggled to start the season, but then hit a couple home runs the other night. Jose Abreu is in there. James McCann. There's, there's bats to like in the White Sox lineup. I'm kind of hoping that people just look at the name value of John Lester or just people that have stacked against John Lester a million times over the last few years, and it's never seemed to work out and won't want to do it because I think the White Sox make sense in this spot. As for the Cubs side of the game, I'm not a huge Dallas Keuchel fan for DFS because kind of like Lester, he's not a strikeout guy, but he does a good job of limiting hard contact. He manages the game well, so I'm not really on the Cubs side of the game. I prefer the White Sox. Yeah, Dallas Keuchel just is. He just seems like he's never a guy that I'm looking at rostering, and, and primarily because of the, of the the inability to get those you know you know decent amount of strikeouts. Yeah, it's funny because him and Lester are actually profiled really similarly at this point in their careers. The thing is, just I think that that Keuchel has a little bit left in the tank. Like I think he does a little bit better of a job limiting hard contract that hard contact than Lester does. He doesn't walk quite as many hitters, and just that also. He's a really high ground ball pitcher. He doesn't he doesn't let the ball get hit in the air all that often. Uh, 58% ground ball rate this year, 60% last year, right around where he is for his career, right around 60%. So John Lester, may, I mean, uh, Dallas Keuchel, it makes him hard to stack against just because there's a lot of home run upside. There's a lot of double plays, a lot of balls like a hit on the ground. Be sure to smash that uh, like button right here on YouTube. If you're not subscribed to the channel, hit that subscribe button. Also, hit that notification bell. Let you know when an awesome show is live on the channel or if you're going to watch it. After the fact, uh, of course, if you ever have a question about any of these games, you can hit right there on YouTube or on the premium Slack channel. Got to let you know over at Osmo.com today, free premium uh, MLB content that we have is the top pitchers. So that's definitely something you got to check out there over at Osmo.com. Also, uh, be sure to give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram. The guys are always putting up free projections. And I'll tell you a little teaser for later on this afternoon. The uh, free projection is going to be Cody Bellinger. So you won't be looking at that. Be sure to 
to follow us, Osmo underscore com on Instagram. And of course, just search Osmo on Facebook. You'll see our Facebook page there. But uh, moving on to the next game, we got the Astros and the Padres. Lance McCullers going for the Astros and Garrett Richards going for the Padres. Uh, the one note uh, t- that sticks out to me about uh, Garrett Richards is right now his slider has a 40% whiff rate. Yeah, Garrett Richards is a guy who always kind of shows promise and pitches well when he's healthy. The issue is that he's never healthy. Like, he's just an impending arm injury just waiting to happen. He's a shoulder <laughs> surgery. He's had he's had elbow surgery. I think he even tore his ACL a few years ago, if I remember correctly. So he, he's hurt everything at, at one point in time. And the other thing you have to be concerned about at this point in his career is not just the chance of him getting hurt, but is there going to be some kind of restriction on him? To this point, he's pitched fairly deep into games. Look at his pitches per start. Uh, 73 for first inning, then 90, 89, 86, 91. Also went seven innings in his last start. So he's he's been decent. At 7,500, I think he's a little bit underpriced. The issue is just the Astros still have a good offense. There's a lot of potent hitters there, so I don't really want to target them. Uh, I don't really want to target Richards against them. Like He's okay, but not really a priority for me, and I think there's a lot of downside there. Like There's a huge chance that he gets blown up. So if you're playing a bunch of lineups, like I'm fine with like 10% Richards but I wouldn't want to be too invested in him. I'm way more interested in the Lance McCullers side of the game, even though it's a tough matchup for him against the Padres. McCullers is still a pitcher who has generally been good this year. He had one really bad outing against the Diamondbacks, but other than that, uh, 21 DK fantasy point outing against the Mariners, uh, another 19 DK fantasy point outing against the Mariners, and then a near no-hitter against the Giants where he worked a no-hitter into the seventh inning before coming out and scored just under 30 DK points. So on a slate where there aren't really all that many strong pitching options, even though McCullers might be a little bit overpriced, the matchup isn't great. I'm still somebody who believes in Lance McCullers. He's coming off Tommy John surgery. There's going to be a little bit of inconsistency there, but the breaking ball is still really good. The fastball velocity is down a little bit from the last time we saw him pitch, but he's still throwing 93 miles per hour. So that's, that's still quality. He still has good stuff. And he's a guy who is still going to wind up being, in my opinion, number one or number two starting pitcher for most teams' rotations going forward, just once he gets the consistency ironed out a little bit. In terms of, you mentioned about how much you like McCullers in this spot. It, do you prefer him on one platform or the, uh, or the other? 9,300 DK, 8,700 FanDuel, uh, $33 on Yahoo, and, and a 1.6 times multiplier on Superdraft. Yeah, I think he makes a little bit more sense on DraftKings and Yahoo just because we have to roster two pitchers there. Uh, when we talk about Walker Bueller later, He's the pitcher that I have the most confidence in tonight, even though it's tough to be totally confident in him also because he's really stunk it up to start the year. Uh, So we kind of have ahead of him, I'd go Bueller one, Nola two, and then McCullers three in terms of just high-end pitchers, how much I like them. Uh, So McCullers, that's where I have him. I have him ranked three on this slate in terms of the high-end pitchers, which where we only need one pitcher on FanDuel, I don't really think he's necessarily needed. But on on two pitcher sites, that's where that's where I'd be looking to roster him. Then we got the uh, Rangers and the Mariners. Uh, is this about uh, a game that uh, you're looking more at the bats than you are the pitchers? It's kind of a game where I'm not looking at either all that much, to be honest. Like I don't like mm-hmm. the pitchers all that much. But then you look at the offenses. The offenses aren't particularly great either. The implied run projections for both these teams is in the low fours, like four point three and four point two. So I look at that and it's like the pitchers aren't really expected to do all that well. The hitters aren't expected to do all that well. 
Uh, the Mariners do have a couple of individual bats that hit lefties well. Like I think we could consider uh, Austin Nola, Aaron Nola's brother, who's been hitting the middle lineup and has been decent. Uh, Kyle Lewis has had a good rookie season. Uh, I think that he's viable. But still, I don't really have a lot of interest in this game overall. The other thing also, Seattle's a pitcher's park. It's hard to hit home runs there. So I don't expect the pitchers to do well. I don't expect the hitters to do all that well either. This, this game kind of screams like 4-3, 5-4 type final where we don't really get a ton of upside on, on either part of the game. In terms of, uh, you know, you mentioned don't, you don't love the bats in this one, but is there maybe one to potentially, you know, it could be a target? If I had to target one bat, it would probably be Kyle Lewis just because he's a young player. He's a rookie. I think would pretty comfortably be the American League Rookie of the Year if the season ended today. Mm-hmm. And also a guy who coming into the year, a lot of people were pretty high on. And, and it seems for good reason. How have we seen it play out? 165 WRC plus through 26 games, five homers. He's stolen a couple of bases. Didn't really steal a ton of base in the minor league. So I don't really think that's going to be a big part of his game, but with with the 165 ISO, I think that he's a guy with enough power upside against you know a mediocre lefty and an Allard that there's there's power upside in Kyle Lewis and not really all that expensive across the industry. So it's a one off bat. I'm okay with him. Uh, m- moving on, uh, the Rockies and the Dodgers. You know, we talked a, a little bit kind of about Walker. You're kind of teasing that a little bit. He's the most expensive drafter uh, pitcher on DraftKings today. At ten thousand two hundred eighty five hundred over on FanDuel, forty one dollars on Yahoo. Taking on John Gray, uh, you know the one thing about John Gray that the velocity on the fastball is down about two miles an hour. Is something that uh, I know we talked about on the early bird podcast as well. But you know, I guess the question ultimately is: is you know, especially on DraftKings, are you willing to pay up for Walker? Yeah, I am for sure, and it's because of the matchup. Not only are the Rockies not really a good offense against right-handed pitching. They've been terrible on the road over the last few seasons, like pretty consistently bottom five in the league in WRC plus when they go on the road. Then we look at the numbers for the Rockies this year against right-handed pitching. They have a 96 WRC plus. I think that's so slow to learn. Uh, 85 WRC plus. A each. Where is Yes, the 85 WRC plus for the Rockies, uh, WRC plus in the 70s on the road, 21.3% strikeout rate against right-handed pitching. So Walker Buehler is off to a really rough start, but he's somebody that I expect to turn it around. He's one of the most talented young pitchers in baseball. He was actually one of the favorites to win the National League Cy Young entering the year. If I remember correctly, he might have even been the favorite to win the National League Cy Young, just right behind Jacob deGrom. I think he might have had the second best odds. Numbers for the year are brutal for Walker Buehler. He's, he's struggling to throw strikes, 4.26 walks per nine innings. 5.21 ERA, 6.38 FIP. Like, I don't usually go with just intuition or gut feeling. I'm much more of a numbers guy, but I'm just so high on Walker Bueller as a pitcher, still only 24 years old, that I think that he's somebody who should be able to be one of the better pitchers in the National League going forward. And it's just tough for me to reason for why he's starting the season so poorly. Like, the velocity is still there. He's throwing 96.3 uh, miles per hour with a fastball. That's fine. The off-speed pitches all look fine also in terms of velocity. It's just maybe the feel is off. He's not putting it together. I know that he wasn't really stretched out to start the year. The He hasn't been working deep into games. The pitch count hasn't been there. But I just look at how easy the matchup is against the Rockies, and I just think that sooner rather than later, Walker Buehler has to get it together because he's just too talented not to. And then the other thing also is that we just don't have great pitching options on the slate. Like the guys who are pitching well are either in tough matchups 
or we have a guy like Walker Bueller, who's, you know, a very high quality pitcher in an easy matchup who struggled a little bit to start the year. And I think that Walker Bueller's going to get it right sooner rather than later. And if he was pitching against the Rockies at home a year ago, he would have been $12,000 or, or more expensive. So I, I like Bueller in this spot, especially compared to the other pitchers on the slate. He's going to be the pitcher I have the most exposure to today. You know, when you look at those Dodger bats, obviously Mookie Betts, uh, the top of, of the line here on DK, 6,100. Bellinger, 5,300. Muncie, 5,200. Seager, 5,000. Turner, 4,900. Um, I, I guess in terms of those high price bats, is there one that sticks out to you above the others? I think it kind of has to be Cody Bellinger at 5,300 just because he got off to such a rough start to the year and he's finally starting to hit the ball a little bit better. Uh, he homered last night. And then if you look at his overall numbers for the year, uh, a sub 200 batting average, he's too good for that to uphold. He was probably the second best player in the National League behind Christian Yelich last year. Like you mentioned with John Gray, the velocity is down a little bit, which is a pretty big red flag. The other thing that's really weird about John Gray, he's always been a really talented pitcher, but he's kind of struggled to put it together, which I've always chalked up to. You know, well, he plays he, he plays half his games at Coors Field. Then you look at his splits for the year. He's oddly pitched better at Coors Field than he has on the road for his career. So it's hard to know what to make of, of that information also. I think John Gray is just kind of a guy who at this point in time I'm looking at as, hey, he was a, a young pitcher with great stuff that maybe for whatever reason just never lived up to it. And I'm kind of at the, at the point now where I'm, I don't roster John Gray anymore. I'm starting to pick on him a little bit more. He was somebody who for a really long time I thought like, hey, this guy's going to be an ace. He's going to get it together. And I'm kind of past it at this point. I think that it's not going to happen for him. I'm fine with targeting the Dodgers. The other thing with them also, they have the highest implied run total on the slate at 5.57 uh, implied runs. They are really expensive on DraftKings. So that's a little bit of a concern. But still, some of those lefty bats I think are worth paying up for. Cody Bellinger, Max Muncy, Mookie Betts. Uh, Corey Seager, who's had a really strong bounce back season once upon a time, was one of the best prospects in all of baseball, has been derailed by injuries a little bit. But when he's on the field, he's still really good. And uh, he's making a lot more hard contact this year than he did last year coming back from Tommy John surgery. So Corey Seager, I think, makes sense. If you want to stack one high-end expensive team, I think the Dodgers are the team to go with. Of course, if you want to uh, find out what the ownership projections are for the Dodger bats in this game, you got to sign up for Awesome Plus and get MLB Weekly Pass for fifteen ninety five. You can get player projections, ownership projections, and the top pitchers tool. Those are tools that both of us use on, on a daily basis. And as today goes on, I'm definitely going to be looking at those ownerships of the Dodgers, definitely as a potential stack tool as well, a, a team of – I mean, obviously the Dodger bats, it's great. I mean, for you, uh, just in terms of this game, is what, what's the – like to me, it's going to be ownership of who is in that Dodger bats going to be least owned. But that's what I'm going to be looking at by using that ownership tools. And, and people got to get that weekly pass for $15.95. Go to awesomo.com forward slash join. Yeah, for sure. And I, I don't really think they're going to be that chalky just because of the price tags. Like they're so expensive that I think that people will be like, hey, I don't know if I want to pay that much for them. And the other thing too is – like there's just not one team that stands out as having a way higher implied run total than any other team. There's no one pitcher that stands out as being a way better option than any other pitcher. So I think we're going to see really spread ownership today. Like I'm not, I'm not too, too concerned with ownership. I think that as the slate gets closer, there's not going to be any stack like over 10% projected ownership. There's not going to be like a pitcher that's 50% under anything like that. Like this is a pretty good slate to, to just kind of play as is and not have to try to look for leverage spots or care too, too much about what ownership looks like. Uh, next up, we got the Angels and the A's. Uh, Mike Fryer's going for the A's. Andrew Haney going for the Angels. Obviously, the last two starts have not been ideal at all 
for Andrew Haney, giving up nine runs uh, in in nine and a third innings. Uh, of course, he is coming off that that game against the Dodgers as well. I mean, in terms of uh, you know the pitching matchup here, in terms of uh, you know for, obviously we're looking at it from a, a DK aspect. Friars eighty six hundred on, on DK, but sixty eight hundred on Fanduel. Yeah, it's a tough matchup against the Angels, and then Friars is another guy too who. Uh, home run king. Dude loves giving up home runs. He gives up a lot of fly balls and a lot of them convert into home runs. So look at the Angels offense. As much as they've disappointed so far as a team so far, I, I like the Angels in this spot. I think against Mike Fires, there's a lot of home run upside. And I like Andrew Heaney as an SP2 on DraftKings also. I understand he's had some bad outings recently, but look at his numbers. There's a lot of bad luck involved there. He's an inflated 328 bad that's well above his career average. The strand rate, really unlucky. 62.1% left on base percentage. So he's been a victim of some really bad sequencing. It's just been where when he gives up hits, for whatever reason, a lot of them are coming with guys already on base. So I like a bounce back for him. He has a 4.74 ERA, but a much lower 2.76 FIP. And the other thing too, pretty fantasy-friendly game. He's striking out 9.12 hitters per nine innings. Last year struck out 11.14 hitters per nine innings. So Heaney's a guy who I think that people might be a little bit scared off of just because the Oakland A's have a good offense. But Andrew Heaney, who has pitched well against the A's once so far this year, I think his upside is an SP2 on DraftKings. I don't think it's out of the question that he's, you know, puts up like 19, 20 DK points, six innings, seven strikeouts, a couple runs, something like that definitely in play for Heaney. I think that he's a good option. In terms of uh, some of your favorite bats in this game, um, is there uh, you know one or two you know that you would mention to our, our viewers to, to target? Yeah, so on on the Angel side of the game, like it's pretty easy to say Mike Trout's in play because Mike Mike Trout's always in play. I don't know there's I don't know if there's ever a slate where I don't have some exposure to Mike Trout. He's somebody who I always have at least like ten percent exposure to or something like that in my lineups. Uh, but outside of him, the top of the Angels lineup is pretty solid. Like we've got David Fletcher leading off of 4,100, Tommy Listell hitting second at 4,300. And then just because those guys hit in front of Mike Trout, like both have done a good job getting on base this year. And then there's just so much opportunity for them to score runs because then Mike Trout comes up, Anthony Rendon comes up. So both those guys, I think are a little bit too cheap at the top of the, at the top of the order. Then you move down a little bit, uh, Joe Adele at 2,800 on DraftKings all the way down at the bottom of the Angels lineup. One of the top prospects in baseball entering the season. Uh, he's struggled a little bit so far to adapt to the big league level, which is to be expected. But he's had a couple of better games in a row now. And I'm kind of starting to think with all the power-ups that he has, his high, highly regarded profile as a prospect entering the season, he's somebody who I think is worth taking a couple of shots on at a really cheap price just because he's one of the prospects who is considered to have a really high power upside coming into the year. And I think there's a good chance that he ends up getting going as the season goes along. And this kind of feels like the lowest his price will be the rest of the season. And our final game of the night will be the Diamondbacks and the Giants. Uh, Robbie Ray going for the D-backs and Logan Webb going for the Giants. Uh, talk about the pitching matchup here. I can't quit Robbie Ray. I can't, I can't quit him because, because of the strikeout upside. He stinks, though. So you could, you could easily uh, consider rostering the Giants also. But you look at Robbie Ray, striking out 11.05 hitters per nine innings. I get he is an 8.59 ERA, 7.71 fit. But you look at his numbers throughout his career, he's always been inconsistent. He's always a guy who could give up runs. He's always a guy who could strike a lot of hitters out. So I always think that Robbie Ray is like a starter, too, from turning it around. He made a lot of odd mechanic tweaks in the offseason. And I, a lot of people bought into him. Like, if you looked at the yearly fantasy community entering the season, people were like, hey, Robbie Ray, look at the improved mechanics. This is going to be a totally new Robbie Ray this year. 
Uh, it isn't. It's it's the it's the same old Robbie Ray. Struggles to throw strikes, but when he does, it's still really good stuff, and he gets those strikeouts. So I look at a slate where there just aren't a lot of good pitching options, and Robbie Ray is an SP two on DraftKings at seventy three hundred. He's worth getting exposure to. Uh, it's also certainly worth stacking against them because if he's going bad, it's going to be really bad. The home run walls moved in at Oracle field. We've seen the San Francisco plays a little bit more as a hitter friendly park than it has in the past. I've talked with this on with EMAC on other podcasts and other shows I've done with them. He calls it course field too. I don't go quite that far, uh, but it, it is a spot where definitely, I think we expect a little bit more offense there. Um, it's, it's a little unclear as to how much, but so far it's been one of the top five hitters parks in baseball and I think that it's probably going to be a pitcher's park long-term, but it's still up in the air, a little undetermined on that. But Robbie Ray is somebody who is either going to pitch really, really well or really, really poorly. And it's, it's a situation I want exposure to. It's kind of like with you for MMA where it's like, Hey, we have a heavyweight fight where it's minus 300 to finish inside the distance to open up the card. We don't know who's going to win, but we know somebody's ending up on the optimal lineup. That's kind of how I feel about Robbie Ray versus the giants. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, they're, I always say this on the MMA slate this weekend. There's a lot of those fights. Yeah, there there are, there are a few of them. <laughs> there's a lot of them. I was talking about it last night. Uh, by the way, just looking at our ownership projection as we stand here right now, Robbie Ray, the most uh, ownership. You know what? He's been projected for a lot of ownership so far this year, and it hasn't come to fruition yet. Like he was, he was projected for was it? It was third against the Rockies at Coors Field. He was like 6,200. The pitching options were terrible. So there was like nobody to roster pitching on that slate. And I remember he was projected for like 35% ownership. And I was like, that's pretty interesting. I wonder what's going to happen with Robbie Ray tonight. And then when push came to shove and people had to make their lineups, I think people like, I don't care that Robbie Ray projects well on most projection places. I just don't want exposure to him because of how bad he's been so far this year. And so he ended up, even though he's projected for 35% ownership, I think he ended up being like 11% on that slate. So I think that's what happens a lot is, is that Robbie Ray early in the day, people build lineups and put Robbie Ray in just because projection models spit him out as a really highly projected pitcher because of how many strikeouts he's capable of putting up. But then people actually look at his numbers as the day goes along. And they're like, yeah, I'm not rostering a guy who has an ADRA. So I think that the ownership tends to be inflated more often than not for Ray. You mentioned about, you know, rolling with the giant stack yesterday. I'm, I'm guessing that Joey Bart was one of those uh, hitters. He was, you know, also a guy who uh, the heir apparent to to Buster Posey in San Francisco, Buster Posey out for the year, Bart, one of the higher regarded catching prospects in baseball, 2,300 on DraftKings. You can't do much better than that price. And then you look at some of the other hitters in the, in the, in the Giants lineup also. Austin Slater hits left-handed pitching well. Evan Longoria hits left-handed pitching well. Wilmer Flores is always hit left-handed pitching really well. All of these guys are sub 4,000. The pricing is really cheap. So you could stack the Giants with a ton of upside against Robbie Gray and kind of roster wherever you want to pitch. Like you could very easily go five man giant stack, Walker Bueller, Aaron Nola, and then just plug in like three high price bats with them. Yeah. It's, uh, by the way, it's coming in that the uh, entire Mets Yankees uh, series has been postponed. Yeah. That's, I, I think that was to be, to be expected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, you shouldn't come in as a as a big shock on that. Uh, you know, in terms of, of some other bats that you haven't mentioned uh, in this game, uh, is, is there one that uh, you know? Obviously, uh, Wilmer Flores was a guy who cast in well for me last night. Yeah, he, uh, he started coming in, and, and as I was kind of doing some late crunches, he came in, and I was like, "Man, glad he came in some crunches because that was very beneficial to me." 
Yeah, he's he's always crushed left-handed pitching. So he's the number one overall bat that I'd say for the most amount of value in this spot. The guy who stands out the most from the Diamondback side of the game. Um, I kind of expect the Giants to have a higher ceiling than than the Diamondbacks, but Arizona is more expensive. So Arizona, even though it's a positive matchup for them against Logan Webb, against Logan Webb, I'm not really dying to target them. I'm going to be more focused on both the Giants side of the game in terms of bats mm-hmm. and the Arizona pitching side of the game, which is a little bit odd, but it, this is a really high variant spot. Robbie Ray is either going to strike out a ton of guys or he's going to give up a ton of home runs and walk a bunch of guys. Yeah. You know, uh, it was just looking on fancy crunch to see what it's kind of spitting out for me right now. Uh, and uh, the very first crunch Robbie Ray's in it. There you go. And you know, and I wouldn't be surprised if the third crunch had a giant stack in it. Cause that's, <laughs> that's the way, that's the way this game is going to go. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, I think it just, you know, especially on DraftKings of, you know, if you want to put Robbie in, in that, you know, SB2 spot, thinking maybe he gets those strikeouts, you know, maybe a team up with, you know, say an Aaron Nola, you know, one of the most expensive pitchers on the slate. And you want to hear something funny about the projections for this game, which kind of speaks to, to some of the stuff we were talking about. If you look at our pitcher projections, in terms of top two value percentage, on DraftKings, Robbie Ray comes out as the number one pitcher with the best odds to be uh, top two value. Then you look at the stack percentage, the team with the best odds to be the top value stack today, the San Francisco Giants. <laughs> so it, it, so you look at some of the stuff that, that we've talked about with this game, and it, it makes sense, right? Like that's probably what's going to happen. There's a lot of upside on both sides. You know, as we're, you know, coming up here on seven hours before, you know, first pitch, um, it, it, what, what are you looking for here over the next couple hours is obviously we're looking for the lineup. See, you know, maybe there's a surprise change in lineups, but what are you looking for? Yeah, I don't know if there's anything I'm really looking for, like in particular, I'm certainly going to pay attention to the ownership to see if there's any one stack or any one pitcher that really ends up standing out. But as of right now, every team is projected as a stack for under 10% ownership. As for the pitchers, there's nobody really like all that popping in terms of high ownership. Like you said, Robbie Ray, number one, but still only around 30% on DraftKings. So that's not overly high. And I expect that number is going to come down closer to lock. So like I've said a couple of times, I I think that this is going to be a slate where just the ownership is pretty flat. Uh, Play who you want, play the, play the guys you want. Cause this is, this is the best slate where you don't really have to leverage ownership all that much. Of course, uh, be sure to head over to Osmo.com. Get that MLB weekly pass for $15.95, Osmo.com forward slash join, so you can get all those projections for coming up this weekend's slate. You know, ownership projections, pitchers, a top pitcher tool is something you definitely got to check out there. Also, be sure to check out Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports, the sponsor of this show, and uh, all the great features they got over there. CSV upload and CSV edit when you're looking to play those multiple lineups. Uh, Greg, if, if someone's got a question for you, they want to hit you up on social media. How do they do that, man? Uh, G Ehrenberg DFS. And like I've said to Jason said to him last week, I'm codependent. I, I like attention. So if you, if you DM me, there's a good chance I'm going to get back to you, uh, fairly quickly. And of course, uh, be sure to check out all the shows we got here at awesome.com, uh, come up here later on today with that MLB live before lock also NBA live before lock as well. So be sure to check out all that out right here on YouTube. And that is going to wrap it up for the MLB strategy show here for Friday, August the 21st.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.